Hey Jack, guess what? What? We have a sponsor. Oh yeah, the Orange Theatre Company. They've been entertaining the central west of New South Wales in Australia for over 45 years. Musicals, plays, concerts and workshops, they really cater for all. Check out the Orange Theatre Company's website and socials for more information on their 2021 season. They just get it right, the orchestra, the talent on stage, the audiences love it. You can't go wrong with an OTC production. And you go out the door thinking, I want to see that again. I go out the door watching you in an OTC show and I go, I want to see that again. Oh, stop it, will you? I think exactly the same about you. Oh, gosh, you're such a charmer. Thanks, mate. Anytime. Welcome to Behind the Curtain. Please refrain from singing in the rain, stepping in time, and learning your lines out loud during this podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to this edition of Behind the Curtain. Jack Dainteth, how are you, mate? Sorry, I'll just do that one more time. It also helps when I turn your microphone on. And this is what is going to happen when you do a podcast in three locations. How are you, legend? (laughs) I'm really good. How are you? I'm going quite well. I can uh, guarantee you and the listeners that next time you hear this podcast, you will sound exactly like me because we've got a, a U-Butte microphone coming your way. Awesome. Can't wait. And joining us in the third location, Zoe's here. How are you, Zoe? I'm very well, thanks, guys. How are you? Great. Going extremely well. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us uh, via Zoom. That seems to be the way it is these days. Uh, what have you been up to during this crazy time? Oh, it, it has been exactly that. It has been so crazy. I mean, it's kind of like, what What can you do to fill your time? Um, I have been just working on myself. I've been doing a lot of teaching, uh, which really fills my soul. I like teaching. And, yeah, just practice, practice, practice. Yeah, great. And, Zoe, where did this whole journey start for you, and particularly in your musical theatre sort of journey? Going a long way back. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up um, originally dancing because my my mum uh, was in the Royal Ballet and my grandma was in the Australian Ballet, which used to be called the Borobansky Ballet. Um, so I grew up at, at a very young age starting um, ballet and I then went on to all these other different styles and from there my mum played Barbra Streisand like when I was about nine and I, no one could shut me up, no one could shut me up <laughs> and she was like, let's get a singing lesson, we need to get her out of this house. <laughs> so um, yeah, from there I started singing lessons and um, I started the little local talent quest which is really funny to look back on those and uh, how nerve-wracking they were in front of like 20 people. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then from there I 
I auditioned for Annie the Musical, which was on at the Theatre. And I was about 13. And I was fortunate enough to be cast as Pepper, one of the older orphans. And that just kind of, that's where my love for music theatre really started to grow. That's fantastic. Now, this is really surreal because I was looking through your bio before we hit record and before we, we sat down to have this chat. And uh, the listeners already know this and Jack already knows this, but I am a, a massive and I'm a mean, huge fan of uh, Dance Academy. Now, this is insane. Ah! This is absolutely insane. Yeah. You, you, you're all grown up now. I remember watching you on the show as Paige. Um, you, 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 you've, I say this with the most respect, but you've changed a lot since those days, haven't you? <laughs> I have. I'll tell you what, I haven't grown, I haven't grown too much. Um, <laughs> I kind of just stayed the same height from there. But, um, oh, yes, that was, I, I think I was called Podgy Page. Podgy Page was, was the name. Um, oh, that was, what a throwback, hey. Um, what an awesome experience. I mean, that was completely different to Annie. At similar age, I was, it was about a, a year before, and uh, working with Dina Kaplan, who was my older sister, Abigail. And it was because I, I didn't dance on the show, but everyone else around me did. And I was obsessed with the show as, as, as it is. And because I started, um, I started some TV work a few years prior to that, so then it kind of combined my love for acting and dancing together. And that was a very, it was a uh, very new experience for me, but something that I learned so much as a 12 year old. <laughs> and still to this day, I, um, I keep and maintain the skills that I learned from that. Yeah, great. And also, you also appeared on Playhouse Disney as well. And how was that experience different to musical theatre? <laughs> so Playhouse Disney, um, I, I was very young. So yeah. my mum choreographed for all the dancers and I appeared in some of the acting segments and some of the majority of the uh, cooking segments actually. So we're like doing the flapjack rap and all, and all that fun stuff. Um, <laughs> even as, as a young kid, I, I love this quote, you will never remember what people say to you, but you will remember how it made you feel. And I remember as a little kid just sitting there amongst all these big kids and Monica Trafficker, who was the, the leader of Playhouse Disney, and just watching them in war and the dancers just having so much fun. And being in a, in a, on a TV set like that, I, yeah, I still to this day will not forget the feeling when I first stepped onto set. That's cool. <laughs> really incredible and, and such an awesome quote as well and something to take away from what somebody said to you. While we're on the track of inspirations and people who really kind of have uh, guided you to where you are today, was there somebody or, or, or groups or some ones that you looked up to uh, through your career and, and to this day that you sort of go, hey, I, I really admire your work and I'd, I'd love to, uh, to be like you? I think having inspiration is really important, especially in this industry. Um, I would say after Annie, I then got onto the whole like music theatre fan base. <laughs> like, okay, what's a musical? <laughs> and um, I, people that I adore are Sutton Foster, Sierra Boggess. And as I grew older and I began to sing a bit more classically, Audrey McDonald. Um, 
I'm a huge, huge fan. I also looked up to Anthony Rollo when I was in Annie and Julie Goodwin. And that was, that was really cool. Being amongst professionals of such a high caliber as a 14 year old kid, like just watching them side stage, it's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. So definitely having inspirations is very important. And yeah, I constantly look up to and now, continuing with the musical theatre sort of um, journey, you actually um, were a feature um, of the Australian premiere of Big Fish with the Hayes Theatre in 2017. And what was that experience like for you? Was it different? Was it something you wanted to give it, give it a go? How did it go for you? So anyone who performs at the Hayes Theatre would understand that it's a completely different experience and atmosphere to performing on the normal main stage. And... The, the show was directed by Karen Park, who is one of the best acting directors and just people in the entire world. And I was straight out of full time then. So even though I'd done a few things as a kid, this was when I was an adult. And it was a very different environment. The rehearsals, it's a, because the haze is a much more intimate space and the cast isn't nearly as big. Uh, it was a very small group of us. And because of that, you even though you're working incredibly hard, no matter how many people on the stage, you know that you're the only person on that vocal part. And so, like, if you're if you're dancing, you've got to make sure that, that your singing is just as solid. And because the haze didn't have any wings, we had some... We were on stage for a lot of the time and we were moving sets and props. So there were lots of, uh, lots of things to cover within our own individual tracks. So not only are you singing and dancing, but you have to move your flight and you have to make sure that you, you help that person with their quick change. And just being in that environment is very intimate and it's very exposing because the, the first um, row is about a metre away from you. So there's nowhere to hide, absolutely nowhere. <laughs> so, um, again, a very different experience. Um, but the cast was just so awesome. Like we had Philip Lowe, we had Katrina Ritali, Kirby Burgess, um, so many cool people. So again, being younger and amongst those type of people, it was a really awesome experience. Yeah. Zoe, you've had the amazing uh, opportunities to be able to perform on stage, to perform on television and, and do all these crazy, awesome things. Is there something that is still just waiting to be ticked off on the bucket list for you? That's a hard question. <laughs> I mean, I've always had goals, but I've always had smaller goals. So when it comes to... Um, like with, with my singing, I'd always have a, a goal of uh, being able to sing this style or with my dancing, be able to achieve this skill. And I've, all, I've always focused on the smaller skills, but I think, because I think they're really important in order to build up to, to the bigger goals. And I mean, who doesn't? Being, a, being on Broadway, West End, they're always big bucket lists. Items to tick off, um, and also just, I guess, continuing. I would love to do some more Australian TV series and stuff. They they really really are interesting. So I think yeah, just working. I mean, Dance Academy was with ABC. Love I get to branch out and work with different different channels, and yeah, maybe um, 
maybe internationally perform. Yeah, great. And going back to probably your more recent experience of your musical theatre, you featured the role of the alternate Maria, as well as Rosalie in the professional international tour of West Side Story. And how did this come about for you? And what impact did it have on you as an individual take on this iconic role? It was one of the best experiences of my entire life. And when I say that, I I auditioned just after The Wizard of Oz, which was an Australian tour. And that was a very different style. And I, I guess I, I didn't start when I was younger. I, I didn't train classically first. And that, that was something that interested me a few years back when I was at full time. And thanks to my mentor and senior teacher Robert Bertram and she kind of inspired me and from there I just grew this love for classical singing and when the auditions came up I thought I am absolutely not right for this like absolutely and I guess because I went in there with this uh whatever whatever happens happens and just treat it as a new experience, something really different out of my comfort zone. And when I was in the room, I just had this this gut feeling and it just felt so right. It felt really right. It felt like a safe space, a safe environment. And I just loved it. I loved from there, from the first audition, working on the callback material. And, um, yeah, again, like it was just a very very new experience for me and being an alternate it's different to being a cover because a cover is if someone which you pray it doesn't happen but illness always happens and injuries a cover will go on if the lead is unable to whereas um, as an alternate you are scheduled to do one show a week so that I'd covered before but never been an alternate so not only during rehearsals when you have about four weeks to learn the whole show. Not only do you have to solidify your own track, which was my Rosalia track, I had to make sure that my Maria track was absolutely up to scratch by opening night because our show was, I think, the next day, our first alternate show. And because we, we toured and we went to a lot of cities and you don't have much time to check, Dana Setter, who was our Tony alternate, who would always do our show together, um, we didn't have much time to check our, our Tony and Maria track. So you have to really think fast and you just have to get the job. You have to get the job done. And so that having that work ethic and that drive and, and just being really solid from the get-go and having that kind of like split brain of, okay, what's Rosalie doing in this? What's Maria doing in this? And being in such an iconic show like Westside, and the material, it's extremely challenging and it's very difficult. So find, working that stamina for both tracks as well in the short rehearsal period, it was, again, difficult but the most rewarding thing. Zoe, I guess that leads us to our next question that we love speaking to all of our guests about is has there been a moment on stage or on screen that has just gone horribly wrong? It couldn't have gone any worse. 
Just <laughs> let it all out. It's a safe space. We're not going to tell anybody apart from all of our thousands of listeners. Uh, jokes. <laughs> we don't have thousands. Um, uh, millions, maybe. We do. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, millions. I'm saying it, Jack. Millions. <laughs> but Zoe, Zoe, what's the craziest moment for you? I've had lots of. I have lots. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, the beauty about the beauty about live performance is is I mean, it's live and anything can happen. And being in a in a in a big commercial production, there's lots of elements, and that's what makes it really spectacular. It's not only the work that we do on stage, but everyone backstage, front of house are working incredibly hard and it's incredibly challenging in every department. So anything, anything could happen. <laughs> I mean, I, when it's going up to um, the balcony during Westside, it's pitch black and there's a moment where I have to I have to run to the other side of the stage after dance the gym, which is where Maria and Tony meet for the first time. And as Tony is singing Maria, um, I have to put on this, really funny black, a black cape and I have to like go up the stairs and it's so funny because she's wearing this white dress and if, if you're seeing like the audience will just laugh because you, you just you just like on on the balcony like very side of the stage is like waiting there and then you like quickly have to take it off and then go forward from there for the balcony thing and I'm a short I'm a short person and the cape was a little long and after Maria and and Dan just sang it beautifully as he always does. And I take off the cape and it's pitch black. And I just, I walk and then I fall and I stack it. <gasps> and it's in the part where there's just no music. You can hear it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> For the first half of the balcony scene, I just had to, because it's very wobbly You're on this set and it's kind of angled as well. It's quite interesting. But I'm just kind of limping, especially this beautiful romantic scene, and I'm just like limping because like I've this massive bruise on my knee. Oh, and oh no! <laughs> so like, what can you do? What can you do? There are so many moments where like you just go in the scene that you just forget a word and you just have to make it up. You're like, I, I don't know the song. I've done it 108 times already, but I just, I just don't know it. <laughs> so you got to make it up like that. I um, oh, and another moment was when. In Emerald City for The Wizard of Oz, we had this beautiful dance room, green and sparkles, and our hats are gorgeous, and we have these fans and props. And I get really scared when it comes to props. So I'm like, anything can happen. <laughs> Even though I'm in control, I just feel like the props will one day turn around and say, no, I want to I just stuff this show up for you. <laughs> and at the very beginning, it's like, ha, 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 and my fan just flew out of my hand. I'm oh, at no. the back corner of the stage and it puts the other corner of the stage and onto the net where the orchestra is. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what do I do? So I quickly run over and I'm trying to pick it up. I'm like, I can't save it. <laughs> and the fans just there for There wouldn't have been a lot of ha, 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 ho, ho, going on after that moment. Definitely hey? not. No, no. There were no <laughs> <laughs> well, well, look. Speaking of uh, you know training for the unpredictable moments in theatre, the uh, Western Academy uh, Australia, the Western. Oh gosh, I've completely mucked that one up. Whopper. <laughs> um, 
tell us a little bit about that. How was that for you graduating in 2014? So I, so I actually studied from NIDA, National Institute here in Sydney. Oh. And, um, and again, very different experience. It's quite similar actually because um, our creators of the course, Tyron Park was involved, so it was like Bertram and some, and some graduates from Whopper. So when I talked to my Whopper mates, a lot of what we studied in the structure of the course was very similar. Um, but I was fortunate enough to stay in Sydney um, with my family and, and yeah, I got to study in, in my hometown. And NIDA was, it was very different. It, it's a bit of a shock because you go from high school and then you go to full-time. And when they say it's full-time, it's, it's full-on. <laughs> it's long hours and it's physically demanding and mentally draining. But that's what makes you stronger. And I just thrived. I, I absolutely loved it because I could just focus solely every day, every night on what I love to do. And it was the first time in my life I just felt this freedom. Like, I get to, like, I get to practice my singing, dancing, acting every day. What do you mean? <laughs> Cool. Um, it was just—it was awesome. Like being at NIDA, and they strongly encourage collaborations. And you're amongst writers, you're amongst the other actors, directors, costume designers. You've got everyone, stage uh, stage managers in the one building, and you just get to talk about and collaborate, like with what you love to do. So, and again, our, our teachers—I could not be more thankful for. We had like Philip Fox who is mm. just an icon. Yeah. <laughs> we have Kyron Park, Caroline Casper, who was one of our dance teachers, and um, Kyron. And, I mean, because being a NIDA, they, they encouraged, they wanted us to work with with teachers that are still currently performing in the industry because our industry is always evolving and changing. And working with people that are, currently in the industry. I think that was one of the biggest, most special things that we we got to have, we, we had at NIDA. Uh, so like Philip Post was with us to turn one, then he went and did Follies, the musical, and then he came back uh, for turn three. And it's just awesome because you, you get to, you're amongst, you feel like you're amongst the industry. You're not quite in it yet, but you're just surrounded by these icons. Yeah. Now, this is a little different for the musical theatre thing. You were also a dancer at the 2000 Olympic Games at the torch ceremony. And where do you write that in your career to date? Like, that's pretty cool. I wish I could be part of that. <laughs> no, it was, oh, it was so awesome. I mean, again, I was, I was very young. But looking back on that and just being amongst the crowd people and the other yeah. dance performers and especially performing for your country is something really special. When when you're when I, I love um, making my performances about some someone or something else. Uh, it's it's very heartwarming and special. It's like when, when you're doing a show and I remember I remember this show in the Wizard of Oz and Matt Bang in the front, there was this tiny little boy who was about four or five and he dressed up as Tin Man and he even he painted his in silver, the full get up, and I saw him, and it it just changed the whole show for me. So I'm I'm performing for, for that kid right there, 
And when when you focus on that, and again, like at, at the um with the game, you're like we're doing this for our country, and we're all working together as one. It was a remarkable feeling. For any of those people out there who are kind of thinking of getting into NIDA or getting into opera or some kind of performing arts, uh, you know, school, what is the best advice you can give to those out there getting ready for that, whether it's preparing for the monologue or the singing or the dancing? I mean, what would you recommend they do in the lead up to auditions? Yeah, definitely. I I would encourage people to focus on the present rather than the end result. So it's really important to have goals, but uh, I think routine is really important and um, just committing to that thing. Having structure, working on the little goals. Okay, I want to achieve um, this note in my singing. I want to work better at my technique in dancing. And the more little goals that you have, and when you when you achieve those goals, you feel this sense of achievement and it pushes you harder and motivates you to keep going. Um, if you truly love it and you're willing to put in the work, then it will happen. And it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, there's, you're auditioning and you might just not be right for a show and it's no reflection on your talent. It's shows are so specific in their style and skills. I think you, if you love it, keep working on what you're passionate doing, but also work on things that you're not comfortable doing. So whenever I... I would go out of my comfort zone and I would challenge myself and it would feel really uncomfortable. Those are the moments when you truly improve. Yeah, working on things that you, you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's really bad in the moment, but yeah. you, you, you see pro, progress. And now going on from that, what's your key message for those people out there listening to our podcast at the moment who just want to give musical theatre a go? I say do it. If you want to give it a go and that if you want to try a community theatre show, you want to audition, do um, like talent quest, anything. Anything is it's so important. All the little gigs I did when I was younger, uh, that's where I, I really learned, you know, to get in front of people and perform and to be comfortable with. Repetition is key. And so if you want to give it a go, just give it a go. The most, I always feel really fortunate, even though during COVID and we haven't been able to, to do what we love, where our industry is very special because we get to genuinely do and work. Our work is something that we're so passionate about, which is really special. And holding on to that and doing it because you love it, working hard because you love it, and just give it a red hot go. doesn't matter if if you don't get a show, you just get up and you try again and keep trying because I, I believe that all things happen for a reason and you know, if you don't get something that you thought you were really right for, that's building you up to be a stronger performer in person and when that, the next thing comes up, you go, oh, that's why the previous thing didn't work for me because this was right for me. So yeah, just keep going. Zoe, you've uh, had some wonderful messages uh, throughout this interview and we really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with us. If people want to see some of the work that you have uh, achieved in your career and what you're getting up to these days, do you have the social media platforms they can check you out on? I do. I've got 
my I've got my Instagram, which is just my my name Zoe Iwanu, and I've got my Facebook page. And yeah, I just I keep connected with people on there. Wonderful. Well, well, Zoe, thank you so much for coming onto the show. It's thank been you awesome. So much. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. You're an absolute legend. There you go. Zoe Iwanu joining us right here on Behind the Curtain. See you later, Zoe. See you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Behind the Curtain. Be sure to give the boys a rating and review and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at behindthecurtain.podcast. Talk soon.